Hey guys, welcome to Pressing On, a podcast where we will be looking into truths for guys as we live on this journey of life. I'm your host, Scott Lessing and men's pastor at Grace Church in Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Pressing On is for guys who want to go deeper as we seek God while finding practical insight to live differently. We will look into real life and talk through how to grow while becoming an improved version of ourselves. This month, we're going to be talking about a very challenging and maybe even a controversial topic. So be sure to hang in there and don't turn us off during the first couple minutes. Well, welcome to Pressing On. It is December and it's Christmas. You'll be hearing this actually Christmas Day or the day after Christmas. So, uh, welcome. Wow, this would be a great present. I, I, I know it could be a great present for some guys. So maybe we need to encourage the wives to listen to us too. Well, hey, wait a second. Yeah. So I, I have a new little tool for us. So uh, we have a new recording device that I'm using. So I, I wanted to intro Chris Meekins. Got a little, uh, yeah. You got you like that music? Christmas came early. Boom, Meekins. How are you, Chris? Boom. I'm good, man. I'm I'm uh, actually on the uh, on the lanai deck, sunning in in sunny Florida, man. So you're tanning yourself? Shine. I'm tanning myself. I, I don't we don't want to know what shine. you're wearing. Okay. <laughs> He's going for the Florida raisin. I already went. I already. I started working out. I already went to CrossFit this morning, so I'm, nice. I'm done for the day, man. I'm That's awesome. Nap. That is awesome. As soon as we're done here, as soon as we're done. And then we have Jordy Vickery. Hello. Do you like that? I do. Yeah, mine's got like an edge to it. Yeah, yours is very edgy, and then mine. Edgy. You know, I'm Scott Lessing. Yours is very game show. Yeah, it is. Very game showy. And then if, you know, like if, Chris, if you say something worth worth it, this is what we're going to hear. Right? So it's a it's a cash register okay. that is like, man, you've, you've cashed in, right? Well, hey, listen, today we, we're, we have a pretty controversial topic. Um, we're going to be talking about cancel culture. Ooh. And I, I, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that first we have to set the stage as to what is cancel culture. And I wanted to start with this story about a pastor who I like, a pastor who I respect greatly. His name is Chris Hodges. He's the pastor of Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. And what happened uh, earlier this year, he liked a few posts by Charlie Kirk. And most recently, Kirk has been one of the most, uh, one of the more visible proponents of the belief that while racism is evil, claims of systemic racism are not true, or they're exaggerated. And in this, Kirk represents a significant number of Americans, many whom identify as evangelical. Now, personally, I uh, believe that Kirk and those who agree with him are not correct. That's my personal belief. Okay. Which is okay, right? Like, it's okay to disagree with one another, right, Jordy? Yeah. And so, um, but this controversy, it involved, it very quickly got Chris Hodges sucked in when he liked some of Kirk's social media posts. And in a lesson about the power of social media, Hodges quickly found himself in the midst of this, I would say it was a firestorm, really. And it, and it looked uh, like people gathered with pitchforks, actually, or torches for him and for his church. I Maybe a better way um, is to take the time to look at the larger picture of 
the person or the organization. You know, they were throwing the community at large that was surrounding his church. They were condemning him, and it was over something that he liked on social media. It wasn't even something he said. And all these years, his church has been an amazing church for the community, helping the poor. And I would say that each one of us has said something or done something at some point that deserves either a conversation with us or maybe even confrontation. I I would say that's true for all of us. Does every single instance require a public shaming or this cancel culture? And in this instance for Chris Hodges, a cessation of ties that has offered so much good to so many people in the community, all of a sudden everyone in the community canceled not only him, but his church and all the ministry they were doing to for that community. So here's a church that wants to serve, and they have served, they've done it well, and it's leading the way in the community. And unfortunately, the Housing Authority of Birmingham, they voted to no longer allow church volunteers or clinic workers to do ministry, to do work at the public housing communities in, in their city. And they literally wanted to cancel the church's ministry to the poor because they did not like the pastor's social media likes. So that's that's crazy, man. It, it's hey, this is what's happening in our culture today, right? And whether you agree with with what he liked or whether you don't agree with what he liked, I personally don't agree with what he liked. But you know, others may agree with him, right? But this is what's interesting: since all of this went down, Pastor Hodges has taken a lot of time to you know not only evaluate himself and you know, maybe his perspective, he's done it by hearing from people of color and learning of the systemic racism that does still exist in the areas of our country and our world today. So he has wanted to learn more about this, even though he liked something that somebody said about that systemic racism is it's not here. He agreed with this guy. He is now saying, you know what? I want to hear from other people. Maybe I was wrong. So he's taken this very humble approach. Now, it's not just the outside world canceling out what Christians do either. It's we as Christians are doing the same thing, I think. Right-leaning Christians, they not only smeared, but they are still smearing former President Obama. And left-leaning Christians smear and poke fun of former President George Bush. And now it's becoming so commonplace during this pandemic that people who've attended the same church for many years are leaving because they don't agree with how their church is handling the mask mandate or the debate of racism or no racism and and many, many, many more topics that are maybe not even biblical. They have no biblical ties at all. Carrie Newhoff said this, one of the saddest realities of the internet is the rise of cancel culture where anyone who steps out of line because of one statement or one action is automatically a terrible person who can never be redeemed. And Andy Stanley puts it this way, all it takes is saying five wrong words for me to completely undo everything I've built. So the idea is that if you do something that others deem problematic, you automatically lose your currency. We've talked about currency in previous podcasts. Your voice is silenced. You're done. The question is, what do we do? I love what Ed Stetzer said in Outreach Magazine. He says this, Scripture calls us to be people of the towel rather than people of the pitchfork. Jesus modeled this for us when he washed his disciples' feet without exception and without expectation. 
This was not a simple object lesson, but an example of perfect service that reflected Jesus's humility when he came to earth. Jesus then asked his disciples to imitate him in washing one another's feet. People of the towel grasp that Jesus wants us to humbly and lovingly serve others in every human interaction. So, Jordy, my question for you is, what does cancel culture look like today? Yeah, and I think the example you shared is a lot like what we think about when we think of cancel culture, right? The, the most recent one is Lauren Daigle, I don't know if you heard about this, was riding her bike, and there was a worship service during the pandemic, and everyone saw her, and she saw them, and they were like, get up here, and she led a song, and people were worshiping up front without mask on in kind of a sensitive time of this whole pandemic. And now that she um, has a big opportunity to represent the state at a music festival that's going to have a lot of precautions in place, um, the mayor of, of Alabama or, yeah, is actually begging that she cannot perform hmm. in, pub- in posting publicly. And they're actually going to cancel her opportunity to sing. Um, because of one thing she did. Yeah, because and, and, and it wasn't she was even riding like a bike. planned. It was like on a bike ride, you know, but she she participated. And so she's being canceled there. Um, yeah, I, I think those are kind of the staple examples. Kevin Hart didn't get to do the Emmys in 2018. Yeah, that's because right. Because of some um, more homophobic quotes and jokes that he had made years and years in his past. And despite numerous apologies... It wasn't till Ellen DeGeneres, who also has been canceled because it's kind of come out that she's secretly been mean to some people. Abusive is um, the word that they were using, right? Yeah, kind of came to his um, almost like protection and interviewed him publicly. Well, that was like that thing where she, um, where Ellen was with, uh, seen with uh, George, George W., you know, at a baseball game. And they're like, how can you be sitting, how can you be friends sitting at a baseball game with a former Republican president? Yeah. And she's like, Hey, they're they're my friends, so tough beans. <laughs> yeah. And I think <laughs> That's I th- right though. I think good for her. I think she was a good example in that respect. Um even with Chris Hodges, you know, the fact that someone actually documented his Facebook likes and shared it. That's how this whole thing started. Yep. Is th- there are people that are actually watching for oh, if you don't believe what the mainstream public believes, we're going to cancel you. And that's kind of the token example of um, cancel culture. But I think there's actually a lot more under the surface. And I actually think I grew up in a very um, conservative Christian background. And I I think for me, that's like, I I think there was a lot of cancel culture there. You know, if there was a celebrity who sang one bad song or or anything like that, 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 you know, we couldn't like them. We couldn't talk about them positively and things like that. And in some circles, not all circles, but in some circles of Christianity, if someone doesn't fit our belief system, it actually becomes okay to smear that person. You know, I've even heard comments like, this will be the last Christmas with gifts now that Biden's president, right? And, you know, all all these kinds of things where... And people really believe that. Yeah. But we're starting to cancel out people as, you know, individuals made in the image of God. The funny thing is, well, and we'll, we'll say, well, we're... And we've got a secret code of doing it, you know, as followers of Jesus will say, well, we're just going to pray for, you know, Scott Lessing and Jordy um, Vickerts, and because 
they're they're you're playing rap music to the high school group or their son we saw their son over there at the whatever and so we're gonna we're gonna pray for them as we are basically gossiping you know and it moves from (laughs) cancel culture also to gossip because we're just gonna we get in our little prayer circle and and pray for pastor scott yep I think my favorite day of my life is going to be when Chris says my last name right. <laughs> well, <laughs> he refuses. I, 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 uh, <laughs> it's yeah, like when yeah, he's like the TikTok talk tick. He's like, I don't even, I don't even want to pretend I know. Every time I go to, every time I go to say it, I'm like, wait a minute, you got to say it like this. No, that's not how you're not supposed to say it. So anyway, that is um, so funny. That's you know, so the funny. Thing, the, the thing, <laughs> and so I've got myself in such a paranoid position because you know i worry about what people think about me i worry about it you know go back to the subject um jamie norton one of our uh, affiliated counselors over uh, grace uh, she talks about um a thing called being in a double bind and so what what happens with me and what what bothers me about this is that you know i i want to be a, a good person i want to be a, a a good friend um, but I want to say something, but I know that if I say something, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself out there. And so I can't, I can't really say anything if I'm going to be loving, but I also can't be right. And so I'm, I'm, I can't win in some of these conversations because there, there's some really nice people that have a different definition of what is supposed to be rather than, you know, I, I have, I have the world through my filter. You know, I was raised with eight, you know eight brothers and sisters. I had parents. I, w- I grew up in Cleveland. I you know there's there's all the different factors. We you know drugs were part of the, the the lifestyle that we lived in, and so you live in that, and you have a filter that you look at and you see things. And just us three sitting at the table, there's three different filters that we look at, and so we're telling people that you have to look through my filter. I don't even know. I, I, I you know you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. it's like. I can't, I can't win because I really can't look at life through your filter because it's your filter. And it's almost like with this double bind that you're talking about, every other person wins but you. Right. Right? right. I mean, the, the so people I gotta who are so... I got to be little Christian. Yeah. And then you're afraid. You're afraid to act that you're going to actually cancel yourself out by something that you might say right. or something that you might click on as a like. And all of a sudden, like you, so you're fearful. You're thinking about every single thing that you might say that it could actually cancel yourself out, and that you lose impact in in the lives of people that you know, or in the world, or whatever. So you're on one side or the other. You're either like what you're talking about. Right. You're on the double bind side that you're so fearful that you don't say anything. You're, you don't even know what you think anymore. Or you're on the other side that you're so filled with pride. That you cancel right. everyone out because you're right and everyone else is wrong, and and I can't even it, it goes it goes even further than than that is that that I feel like I'm not even allowed to ask you a question about it because it's you know that that would be like rebellious or that would be against you because I basically you know I mean isn't that who's that that uh, old Socrates isn't that was didn't he learn by asking questions you learn by asking questions I can't ask questions because it's politically incorrect to ask you a question because then you think I'm threatening you and so now that I ask a question you're thinking I'm against you and so I can't even ask a question so I I can't understand I mean we put ourselves in such a uh, funky place that it's 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 nearly impossible. It's why people check out and watch Facebook all day. 
Yeah, and it's interesting, like the Socratic method, actually, I was looking up the like kind of clear definition of it, a form Thank of you. cooperative argumentative dialogue between individuals based on asking and answering questions to stimulate critical thinking. It's like it's we've it, lost that. Well, it's it's right before you cross the line into a fight, right? Yeah, <laughs> but that's yep. good. I think what happens is like you, you know, Scott, you actually laid down a personal opinion in the beginning that you don't think racism has been exaggerated this year, and I'm yeah. sh- there, I, we probably lost a listener or two. We probably have. right there or have some people on the line and. I would say that, like, regardless of stance, I think maybe I could have even laid down a different stance, and Chris as well. I don't know if any of us are on the same page about this, but, like, the fact that we would just shut off our ears and say, no, I can't listen to this because I don't agree on that one thing, yeah. versus the right. challenge and the conversation, you know, of the Socratic method. Well, I would say that, you know, uh, even a few years ago, I, I didn't understand systemic racism, and so I've had to become a learner and I've talked to a lot of people about what is it, what you know. So yeah, the, and you moved to method. embrace that, like, hey, yeah, I believe in this for sure. But it, it, it's it's because I've had to become this Socratic, you know, live out the Socratic way, which is just learning, asking lots of great questions, so you can become a learner, and not asking questions so that you can find out where they're at, so you can prove them wrong, but truly, you know, wanting to become a learner. And so I think there's a lot of areas where we cancel each other out. You know, masks versus no masks right now. Uh, was the election stolen or not? Uh, does it matter or not? Democrat versus Republican. Nationalism versus eternal kingdom of God. The question, though, is what do we do about all of this? What can we do to not live in this cancel culture or at least not participate in it or not stimulate it, but to go the opposite way to, as, as Ed Stetzer said, to become people of the cloth? instead of people of the pitchfork. So what would you, Chris, what would you say? What are some things that that we can do, you know, if we spend the next 10 or 15 minutes just talking about, like, what what do we do so we don't step uh, first, in? This? First of all, I want first of all I want to know if I got one of those little money jingles when I came up with that so- Socratic thinking thing. Do I get a ching for that? We just we just gave you like three. Okay, thank you. All right, as long as we got that cleared up, I just want to—I just want you to understand me for who I am. <laughs> so I think that I think the first thing is that for we as a uh, Chris as a person, I have to make sure that I don't get into these dialogues in public. If I really believe that I want to have this dialogue with uh, with uh, we'll just say a black guy, that I should probably find someone that I know and I know that he knows me and he respects me and I should actually sit down and have an honest cup of coffee in private. I shouldn't text him. I shouldn't Facebook him the question. I shouldn't post an article that I think he needs to understand. I should actually sit down with him in private and have this conversation because if I want to become the man that God wants me to be, I I really, it's, it's going to take work. And nowadays, to have a cup of coffee and car- carve out 45 minutes for someone with a cup of coffee takes work. And so I think the first thing we need to do is get to face-to-face conversation with the people that we're really having this conversation with or we want to have a conversation with, not on social media. So that's that's one. So what you're saying is actually reach out to people to become a learner, to to, to hear them out and to hear their perspective. 
and show them the respect that they're due. Mm. Tell me, tell me what you're talking about. Because, you know, I, we've got a guy at our church, um, Jason, his name is, and, and he's a black guy. And, and, and I, and I've had a couple conversations with him and he is so humble that he, I mean, he, like, he was willing to have the conversation with me and he was willing to allow me to be wrong. That's, that's like awesome. And so then, and then we had a conversation. I'm like, never thought that never, ever, that thought never entered my mind. You know, you've been able to have honest conversations with him because he's safe, right? Like he's a guy that you can, you can say exactly what you're thinking and, and and risk feeling ignorant or being ignorant. And he's not going to make you feel that way. Right? Like we have to sit down with people who think differently than us. Like, so what you're saying is put yourself in a room where there are people who think differently than you and be humble enough to ask them questions to actually learn. Yeah. And, and be a learner. Like, as you were saying earlier, just be a learner. Just still help me understand this. I think they call that humility. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I love Second Chronicles 7.14. It's a verse this year specifically that I've really turned to often. And it's, it's saying that, you know, if, if my people who are called by my name, so we're Christians, and we follow God, and we believe in Jesus, we desperately depend on the power of the Holy Spirit— if we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek God's face, that's the first thing that this scripture says. If you do all those things as you come before me, and then it says turn from your wicked ways, meaning sinfulness, then God forgives our sins and he begins to heal our land. So that's actually the beginning of healing, no matter what this difficult topic might be, is, is to do that first, even before you sit down with that person and then have these really challenging conversations. So, so what you're saying is to be humble first and to ask really good questions to listen well. Jordy, is there anything that you right. would add to this? Yeah, I think, I think this is probably where we'll spend the rest of our time, right? Just on kind of guardrails of navigating cancel culture and disagreement and things like that. I was researching... Just kind of this topic, and you know, everyone says this is the most critical election. Like, it's almost like we give ourselves a free pass to get muddy and dirty yeah. and nasty because right. this is yeah. so important, you know. And, and that's kind of where my head has been at in, in looking at like looking at Paul's life, you know, and what what Paul said in Acts is he he basically Paul said like I literally like count the gospel over everything. Like, that's my life's aim. That's what I'm here to do. And I think we have to remember as believers, sometimes you might even, you might have an opinion that you believe wholeheartedly politically. You might even be right. That's not even the conversation. The gospel has to be a more noble cause to you. You know, and I think some of us, we throw our rapport, our relationship with unbelievers out the window. And in a way, we almost have like this middle finger to the world kind of attitude, you know? Yeah, we do. And and we smear anyone who d- doesn't really like fit this kind of like mindset or view of Christianity, the view of America that we have. And I think we have to be really careful there and remember like every person 
is in God's image and not to take like the whole sacrifice meat thing in Corinthians to take our convictions that we believe personally as an act of worship. Like my faith leads me to vote for Trump or my faith leads me to vote for Biden because of this offensive thing Trump said, you know, whatever it is, we can't blanket that and hold other people accountable to it and think less of them. You know, we have to, I think, believe that someone's faith could lead them to a different conclusion. And what was fascinating in some of this research is in 1774, there was a heated election. And it's in John Wesley's journal in 1774 that he guided his people, that he met, he says he met with those of our society, in his own words, to vote for the person they judged most worthy to speak no evil of the person they voted against. And I think right there, like we almost do this thing where if you don't fit our cause, we have that pride. That pride comes in and says, well, then you're wrong. You're out. I don't even owe you the love and respect of being, of being made in the image of God. You know? That, that, and, that, can we just sit on that one point for a minute? I mean, to speak no... So, so he said, I met those of our society who had votes in the ensuing election. To vote for the person they had judged most worthy, okay. But the second point that he said is to speak no evil of the person they voted against. Yeah. I wonder what John Wesley would say today as he walks through oh my many churches. I think I think he would be sad. I mean, I grew up as a Christian kid in youth group, right? And I learned about like, I remember th- feeling almost as if it was an expression of our faith to like draw those terrorist pictures of Obama, like yeah. you want change, you know, and in those things. And then number three, to take care their spirits were not sharpened against those that voted on the other side. Wow. And I think sometimes like we almost feel that we're like losing our way to be a little more open-minded and a little less ignorant. And I think you look back to 1774 and say, well, John Wesley was dealing with the same things with people in his congregation. And he was saying like, do not let your spirit be sharpened against those that voted on the other side. And I think we have to be bold enough as leaders to say it's not okay to be that ignorant that, you know, we might say, hey, my faith led me to believe in that candidate and to vote for them. And I wouldn't, I would feel it's a violation of my beliefs and myself to vote for that other candidate. Okay. But you can't say, and everyone who doesn't think the same is wrong and they're sinning. Now that right there is, is the, is the, that's the crux of most conversations though, right? Like that, that's where people take it. They immediately, so the opening story was about Chris Hodges. His, the community outside the walls of the church canceled him. Canceled what, him. What we're talking about now is canceling each other inside the walls of the church. Because we can't yeah. control the world, but I think we can, We can. you know, as believers, we need to follow the Bible, yeah. you know, wholeheartedly and really have the heart of Jesus to say, I'm going to hold to my convictions, but I'm going to listen well, be winsome, and I'm not going to get mud on myself just because the world is muddy. I'm not going to, you know, play in the dirt. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to retaliate against this nastiness, this cancel culture. So can you imagine, Chris, I mean, there are so many, you know, being in men's ministry, there are so many guys who are already canceling out Joe Biden. And they are already, if we were to say that we were to live by what John Wesley said, Number two was to speak no evil of the person they voted against. 
how, how, how hard do you think that would be for most of us as we go into 2021? I, I, I think, I think that um, it, it, it puts us in a place where we actually, well, I've got two things to say. We, we really need to believe that God is God and God is on the throne. I, I, and, and again, we go, yeah, well, I get that. But there's a practice that happens every day. If I get up in the morning and I ask God to, you know, for wisdom, for strength, for discernment, for, for his blessing, for whatever, but that I would, that I would submit to the authority that he's put into my life. It is such a difficult thing. Yet when I do that, God is able then to do the work because I'm getting out of the way. I'm ducking so that God can go get Scott Lessing, if I believe <laughs> and and I think this this happened when you first came on men's ministry. I felt it was my job is to demonstrate in front of all the other guys. I've been at Grace Church for forty some years, and you've been there for like forty five minutes. Okay, <laughs> and and so and yet yet I have to. You're the pastor over in men's ministry. And it was my responsibility to submit to your authority. Does that mean that I have to go, you know, drink Kool-Aid? No, it means that you, God has, and the, the elders at Grace Church have appointed Scott Lessing to be the pastor of men's ministry. And so my job is to to work with you and support you. And if I don't like it, I can, I can leave. I can go to the church down the street. There's plenty of churches. But if I want to go forward, there's there's a, a, an authority, and I, if I can't do it with you, and you're standing right in front of me, and they're paying you, and they're saying Scott's in charge of me, what makes me think that I can do it with God? That I can really submit to the authority of God? I tell the seatbelt story about you know learning. I was asking God, I need to know what obedience looks like, and God gave me a story. We'll share it another time, but but. When we ask God, how do I submit to the authority that you put over me? <laughs> I, I just don't know how to do it, and so I need your help. And, and we do not live in a world that we have a boss, you know, anymore. You know, yeah, you're not going to be the boss of me. He's not going to be a... So learning to say, God, I'm going to relinquish this to you. I'm still going to be the man that you created me to be. And I might have to push, and I've pushed you a couple times, right? Well, we've had some good wrestling matches haven't we i mean we've gotten in yeah. private and we've wrestled right. over some some i would say some bigger issues right that have to do with the ministry and, that we were doing right and and at the end of the day i was right i mean that's really <laughs> the benefit of, well but 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 in all seriousness there were times that that i went yeah. your way and there were times that yeah. you went my direction yep. and and it was Absolutely. this balance back and forth but we had the we had the understanding that even if we disagreed behind closed doors, that we were right. going to still honor each other and not talk right. about it with other people, not gossip, but Absolutely. also not not ever say, "Well, I," but I really disagree with him. Yeah, you know, and and I think that's that's really what cancel culture is, right? It's this belief that, hey, if you if you can believe that, then you don't deserve any honor. Like yeah. you deserve public shaming, and I think. You know, we live in Ohio, where we we're in a predominantly Republican state, a state that predominantly is not very pro-mask, and we have a Republican governor who is, and it's it's fascinating. You know, you know, and I, 
It's it's <laughs> like watching Facebook, you know. Yeah. I, I think you know. You look at like Romans thirteen one. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. And to see a passage like that, I think for me has even been convicting, hmm. you know, this year to say, am I really, am I really like trying to honor authority and see this as from God? And you have to remember, like you might say today, well, you know, the countries went downhill. This isn't the kind of authority that God wants in place. Paul said this in Rome hmm. when Christians were being persecuted and eventually himself that he would lose his life. Then he said that about authority. We have to remember that context that there's not some, if this is pro-God authority, it's until it's a violation of your faith and you have to bow to some, someone else and not God, you honor that authority up to that point. Well, isn't this our mission field? I mean, sometimes I feel like the, the, the ones that we're arguing against are the ones that we are canceling, right? If we were to say cancel culture, yeah. right. we're canceling people who are actually those that are within the mission field that God's called us to go reach, and to I, go and make disciples of. And I think that's like the heartbreaking part, right, is the gospel has to be a more noble cause hmm. than the America that we knew, right? Like, right. You, can, you can fight for the America you know, you can vote for it, you can be involved politically. Y you know, we're not right. saying that, but you can't be nasty, shameless, I don't, I don't care, you know. I'm going to say what I want, how I want, and I'm going to, like, you know, I, I hear in church all the time, like, if you're a Republican, like, oh, do you see what the communist, I mean, the liberals are saying, you know? <laughs> and if it's vice versa, there's a subculture that's like, I can't believe this, like, pro-Trump redneck culture in our church, you know? And it's like, did you just call all the Republicans redneck? You like, you know, and so, some would be like, yes, I am, you know? But a lot of people would say that's really offensive to me, you know? Yeah. And that dehumanizing language that, is dangerous. There's a plane coming in from Cleveland right over my head. But I, <laughs> what I think is, um, what one of the things that I've, I've always loved about our pastor, Jonathan Schaefer, and his dad, Donald, is that his thing was always like, people aren't going to get kicked out of heaven or not going to go to heaven because they smoked. They're not going to get into heaven because they don't know Jesus. And people aren't going to go not go to heaven because they're pro-life or pro-death or pro Obama or pro Bush or you know whoever they're going they're going to hell because they don't know Christ. That's what I have to remember. And our job as being a, a believer in Jesus is that I have to I have to remember that it's about bringing people into the kingdom, and that's where my fight needs to be. My fight does not need to be where your political stances or you know what you think of Joe Rogan. Okay, that's not that I I. You know, I that's not where I need to fight. I need to yeah, fight and those where people will are, follow a genuine faith, you know, those other right. indicators. Yeah. Right. You know, and as as we head into Christmas and New Year's and then you know, the beginning or the middle of January as we have a new president, there is ample opportunity for us to either join the cancel culture or for us to do the opposite. And this is what I think. The gospel is, is a more noble cause than nationalism. So we need to first stand for Jesus first. Second, we need to express ourselves in ways that glorify God. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, 
My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's what we need to be as Christians, as men of the gospel. And may we go into Christmas, may we go into New Year's, and as we head into this new season of 2021, may we live that way and not live in a way that we're canceling people and living in this culture where we cancel people. May we be people of the cloth and not people of the pitchforks. That John 13 model that Jesus gave us where he washed the disciples' feet without exception and without expectation. May we live that way, guys, as we go into this new year, as we are with lots of family and lots of people. We hope that this is encouraging to you guys. And and the next, you know, we just want to thank you guys for be, for being a part of this. You guys have encouraged us. You've given us some great tips to continue to to grow this as well as we are truly trying to figure out how can we live in a world and take those next steps with Jesus and become a better version of ourselves tomorrow than we are today. So guys, blessings on you. May you guys have a great Christmas and a great New Year's as we enter 2021. Amen. God bless you. Have a great uh, New Year, man. See you guys. Bye.